My name's Martin Gao, uh, in case y'all didn't catch that. And this is my beautiful wife, Lenore. And uh, we've been married for 10 years, and we have two wonderful kids together. Uh, Logan is seven, and Helen is five. <laughs> so a little about me. Um, I was born as the only child uh, in China, and my parents were career-oriented and were gone for a large part of my young childhood leaving me to be raised by my grandparents with very little discipline. During that time, I developed a lot of patterns, but especially patterns of self-dependence and self-reliance. I would beg, lie, cheat, and steal to gain popularity and leadership among my peers. So when I was almost 10 years old, my parents finally moved me to America, hoping to straighten me out. <laughs> it was hard leaving everything and everyone I knew um, back in China to live with my parents, who were essentially strangers at the time. I was at a new school, I didn't speak the language, and now I was living in an extremely low-income neighborhood. And in spite of this, my parents still expect me to excel, and I desired to meet their approval even though they were both working and never home. Um, deep down inside, though, my feelings of abandonment, low self-worth, and fear uh, grew more every day, I was only able to function and uh, block out those feelings by developing an airtight system of mental compartmentalization. So I grew up in New Orleans, Louisiana, with an older sister and a younger brother in a very strict Jewish household. So we're just basically the, the same. same yeah. <laughs> Um, we went to temple on the weekends for Shabbat services as well as religious school. We were never allowed or asked, uh, sorry, we were never allowed to ask or talk about Jesus. And from this, I gained a strong moral foundation and a desire to know about God and who Jesus was. My home life was very volatile. My parents fought often, and it would often escalate frequently into uh, rage and violence. As the middle child, I assumed responsibility for keeping the peace. Um, I was overwhelmed by this situation as a seven-year-old and depressed. Um, it got too much for me to live with. Um, I tried to commit suicide as a seven-year-old that year um, as a way to escape my home life. Uh, but God had a different plan for me. Not long after this, I met some new neighbors who shared the gospel with me. And that changed my life. I still didn't know Jesus, but this planted the seeds for the future. So my pattern of compartmentalization continued until I had graduated college. At the time, I saw it was a good thing dealing with my emotions as a you know, complex, educated individual. Little did I know of the lasting effects of all that compartmentalization. <clears throat> I slowly became a honeycomb of triggers, ready to blow at any time. And it wasn't until after college uh, when I ran to a small flourishing church in Austin, Texas, that I actually started to deal with these feelings. My new friends shared the true love of the gospel with me and led me to Christ. And as I slowly unpacked all my baggage with these men, this was the first time in my life the real me took a part in the community of my peers. I involved myself in church and took up swing dancing and began to dive into the word of God and his people. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away, and behold, the new has come. 
Towards the end of high school, I started swing dancing, which eventually grew to become a large part of my social and financial life. While at college, I started attending church and reading my Bible. Um, I knew that Jesus had to be the true Messiah, and I committed my life to him. When I told my parents about this, they disowned me and cut me off financially. I stayed in school as long as I could after that, but the cost of books, living, and tuition all became too great. I ended up having to drop out of college and work full-time in sales, as well as teaching dance, to make ends meet. This eventually led me to a decision to move from Louisiana to Austin, Texas, where I would be able to teach dance locally and advance my career in sales. I knew a dancer in Austin that owned his own house and would rent rooms out occasionally, so I called Martin up, asked him about becoming his next roommate. Just three short weeks later, I moved in with no intentions of dating him. Four months after that, we were dating. (laughs) All right. So after a decade of living in Austin, I felt completely at home. I had bought a house that was more like a hostel, hosting everyone from traveling friends to the homeless. Uh, Money was pretty tight at the time, but I felt very close and completely at peace with God's plan for me. So when Lenore asked me to uh, rent a room, I didn't have any hesitations. And as I got to know her, I found a compassionate and detail-oriented person with the same passion for God as I had. And she had a rough childhood like I did, and we connected on many levels. Uh, Even though I had never had any intentions for my roommate, uh, God was changing my heart, and I soon asked her for permission for courtship. By this point, I would still call myself a Christian, though I wasn't accountable to anyone and hadn't attended church in over a year. Martin would often ask me to go to church with him, but my retail schedule rarely allowed me to go. As our relationship progressed into something more serious, I decided to move out, wanting to remain pure for marriage. We dated a year and a half, some of it long distance, and we were married within a year of our engagement. We moved to Dallas and eventually found Watermark, our new church home. So this was 2007, 2008, you know, the big economic slump. So after a prolonged job search back then, I got a job offer in Dallas. And I dreaded the idea of pulling roots once again, moving away from my church, my friends, and the place where God had really spoken to me. Uh, But I felt I had to take the job because it was God opening the door to me finally proposing to Lenore. So in the end, I chose Lenore over Austin, and uh, with my sign-on bonus, I bought a ring. That was like my entire sign-on bonus. (laughs) I proposed, and we were wed six months later. Moving back to Dallas, however, meant that I would be moving closer to my parents, pursuing a new career, and I had no accountability for godly counsel. My old fears and insecurities quickly returned. It's amazing how quickly that returns. And I once, once again began to compartmentalize my feelings and fears and stuff on deep inside. On the surface, everything looked fine, but deep down, my old sin struggles were rushing back, more so than ever. So I was filled with expectations of a wonderful fairy tale marriage. I knew that the lessons from our premarital counseling were just a formality, and the hard work everyone warned us, warned us about was going to be a breeze for us. We had talked about kids, religion, and money, and we were aligned on all of it. So I thought we were good. The honeymoon ended as quickly as it began. I didn't realize that I was allergic to our birth control, which made intimacy very difficult and challenging for over a year. 
This only added to the early stresses of our marriage. Meanwhile, we started to immediately have disagreements over money. That included my student loan debt as well as the debt that he had to his parents. About four days into our marriage, I started considering divorce and eventually told him so. I couldn't believe the words were coming out of my mouth. I was convinced that I had made a huge mistake and that he had deceived me into marrying him and I would be paying for it for the rest of my life. So difficulties in our early marriage included not having boundaries with my parents, cultural and language differences, a lot of unmet expectations, and oh so many communication issues. Now it seemed like we were just so different, just you know, a few years in. I perceived her detail-orientedness as OCD and her verbalized concerns as just nagging. And without any community around me, I was at a loss on how to unpack and process all my emotional baggage with my spouse and how to lead in my marriage. Uh, To make things worse, Lenore was starting to ask pointed questions about all the deep fears and insecurities I had carefully hidden over the years. Uh, My self-defense mechanisms lashed back at her by yelling and validating her concerns. Instead of breaking down my compartments and sharing with my wife, it was easier to pretend that our marriage was just fine and she was just nitpicking. Martin suggested that the next step for us was to look for godly community to help us get better at this whole marriage thing. So we joined the newly married group, um, the foundation group at Watermark, um, but we were still flailing. I had heard about reengage and asked Martin to attend, but he refused for many months, saying that we didn't need it, that it wasn't for us, and that we were fine. One evening, we got into a huge fight, and Martin said that he was leaving me. I begged him not to leave and agreed that I would do anything for him to stay, including having kids when I wasn't ready. Although this was his condition to stay with me, so we started trying for kids. We didn't tell anyone about that fight for months, and I grew resentful and depressed as time passed. We decided to reach out to the leaders of our foundation group about the state of our marriage, and they advised us to attend Reengage. Martin finally agreed to it. Proverbs thirteen twelve says, A hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. I was extremely skeptical about Reengage and came only to assure myself that I had done everything that I could for my marriage because we were beyond hope. I rated our marriage at a one on the first night, and he rated it at an eight. We seemed to be looking for totally different things, and he was unaware of how miserable I was. We were in open group for months before finally getting into a closed group. And while we waited for the real help that I knew closed group would provide, God started to change my heart. I stopped dreading re-engage and started looking forward to the worship and the testimonies. I told myself that if God can redeem those marriages, then I can have hope that he would do the same for ours. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understandings. In all your ways, submit to him, and he will make your paths straight. I stopped putting my hope in Martin and started to turn to God. He had been waiting for me all along. Once my hope was no longer in my husband, but in the Lord, my hope and joy returned. Through through the communication tools that we learned, 
I was finally able to tell Martin that I wasn't ready to have kids, and he heard me, so we stopped trying. The other blessing through that time is that we were finally able to enjoy intimacy because we had stopped using the birth control that I was allergic to. Our time in closed group helped me to realize that I was putting Martin before God. An example of this would be my expectation for my husband to make me happy and meet my needs instead of the Lord. I also believed the lie that marriage was to make me happy. I've since learned it's to make me holy. Proverbs 27:17 says, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. We learned many other lessons during our year and a half journey from our first night, I'm having problems, sorry, to our celebration night. Things like draw a circle around yourself and fix everyone inside it, as well as other communication tools. We learned how to communicate and we really had to focus on that. When we weren't being careful, we learned quickly that going back to our old habits produced old results. The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. That's Albert Einstein. So it's, it was many weeks after we started uh, attending Reengage when I made my own breakthrough. Uh, weeks of listening to testimonies and going through the lessons has really inspired me to search my own heart. And with the help of the Holy Spirit, I realized that I was contributing to my own marriage woes by not sharing and communicating with my wife. And I also realized that I had hidden many fears and frustrations so down deep inside that even I didn't know about them. And with the help of our close group and my wife, I took the scary journey of breaking down some of those mental compartments and sharing it with the others. A floodgate was open, and I was a, like emotional mess for months as I unboxed feelings of fears and insecurities that I had hidden over the decades. God was faithful in walking with me, and instead of the mockery and criticism as I feared, my confessions uh, of deep-rooted insecurities and sins were met with love and encouragement. I recognized my patterns of internalizing and hiding my feelings for the first time, and sought accountabilities from others to avoid it. Uh, Proverbs 26 says, uh, Many a man proclaimed his own loyalty, but who can find a trustworthy man? So today, after relying on God and working on my own issues for over eight years, I still have a long way to go. I still work on it every day. Um, I now see and trust God's plans for me. In addition, I have gained a new partner, my wife, in my struggle against the enemy. We keep short accounts with each other and are quick to identify our own issues, confess, and forgive each other. We're in in love now more than ever, and look forward to growing old together. So Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, uh, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. Looking back at that time, I remember feeling raw and emotionally drained week after week as we dug through old hurts and deep emotional wounds. I learned as a child that unless you bury your pain, it will consume you. I learned as a daughter of Christ that he doesn't want you to carry that pain around, buried or otherwise. He wants you to lay them down at the foot of the cross for him to carry and heal. My advice to everyone is that when it gets hard, throw yourself on God's mercy and grace and allow him to strengthen you. Jeremiah thirty-one twenty-five. I will refresh the weary and satisfy the faint. 
The best things happen when God is in control. I trust my sovereign king because he is trustworthy. So guys, if this is your first time at Reengage, we just want to say that with the help of God, your marriage can also be sweet. We understand that it's hard, really hard sometimes, and the hurt is very real, but there is still great hope in your marriage. Hear that. God used all of our marriage, all of our baggage, our hurts, hang-ups, and despair to show us his plan for our marriage and for us. No matter how different or distant your spouse may seem right now, there is hope. And God is sufficient not to only restore your marriage, but to sweeten it everlasting. So thank you guys very much. Thank you.